Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Lord, we thank you. You are worthy. Father, you are worthy. Lord, we adore you and magnify your holy name. There is no glory in my own wisdom. There is no power in my own strength. My joy is in you. We delight in you, Jesus. You are high and exalted. Far above. Far above. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to day number 11 of our, of our fasting and praying, of prayer and fasting season. The Lord is good. Are you being blessed? Are you being blessed? I am blessed and highly favored. Again, I want to talk a, a bit uh, more about altars. And we, we had started talking about how to establish altars. Hold steadfastly the word that has been given, that has come to you. Uh, and God has spoken to us. And God keeps speaking to us. But uh, the word that God has spoken to you must be held very steadfastly. The Bible says that believers continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Correct? And so you must continue steadfastly in the word. Now, the most amazing thing for us is that God has spoken to us and we have the whole counsel of his wisdom in the scriptures. But you need to be able to read the scriptures in such a way that they become alive to you. And therefore, the ability for you to apply the scriptures or the scriptures to be applied to you in every given circumstance is a good thing. Yes, number two was a broken and repentant heart. So we were talking about brokenness and repentance. 
Brokenness and repentance. Your heart must release all the idols you have. And, and repentance is not, is not the same as the confession of sins. You, you, it's not saying sorry. It's not just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. It is turning away. Now, for those of you who had missed that, these, these teachings are on our podcast. You can go and listen to them again. Today, I want to touch on a third aspect. Because then that will give us a lot more time in the overnight to catch on the others. First of all, let me say this again. That the major assignment of altars is to give authorization and continuity to any spiritual activity uh, or the activity of spirits here on earth. Whether these spirits are godly or ungodly. Hallelujah. Uh, so, uh, uh, altars give authorization and they give continuity uh, to the spiritual activity on earth. As I told you, you lie to yourself if you think that everything that is happening on the earth is only natural. The things that are happening uh, either have their root in, uh, in, uh, in a spiritual realm or they have effect and influence in the spiritual realm. And most times it's the both of those things going on together. Are we together? And so, on one hand, you pray, like we saw with Daniel, and you don't see anything moving, but yet there is a spiritual reality of uh, angels fighting with the prince of Persia. You understand? And, and so, your continuation in prayer is simply sending signals to heaven and I'm talking about Daniel is sending signals to heaven saying I haven't yet received what has been released and so an angel is dispatched to check on the messenger that had been sent and they realize that the, uh, the messenger had been captured by a principality and, and so they had to send in another warrior angel uh, to, to fight off the Persian. Now I always imagine and say, what if Daniel had stopped on the first day also? And, and, and said, uh, it is it. It is what it is. I prayed. Nothing happened. And so I guess... 
God uh, determined that I shouldn't have what I asked for. That prayer is one of those prayers. You know when you pray, God has three answers. He can say yes. He can say no. Or he can say wait a minute. Now I prayed. And I guess God said, I don't know. So you don't know what God said. Praise the Lord. And so we, you, uh, Daniel continues to pray and heaven realizes something happened that is not right. You get it? And, and, and so they dispatch an angel. Why? Because what is happening in the natural realm is being influenced by what is going on in the spiritual realm. And that is a reality we always live with. And I've told you that the spiritual reality is actually more real than the natural reality. So on one hand, you, you are thinking that the that disagreement you have with your dad is a natural thing. But you must learn to rise up and hold things in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. Because when a battle is won in the spiritual realm, that natural can stand. But I've also told you that God has given authority to men. And men, we are spirits. And we are the only legally authorized spirits to operate here on earth. So much so that when God wants to do something he needs men to agree. This is the reason for prayer. This is the reason for intercession. This is the reason for us to stand in the gap. Because when men of God, when people of God stand, he says, if my people, uh, they are already his people. If, like, I assume he's feeling he's there saying, I, I, I need people in my corner also. People who can agree with me. Now they may not be doing everything right but if they can agree with me. So if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. In other words then therefore you can be God's people called by his name but not humble Humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. <laughs> but you are still his people. You are still called by his name. You will all know that one is Mulokole. But you are not humbling yourself. You are not praying. And so Ezekiel, I mean Ezra says that when he realized that uh, uh, he, the, the people couldn't help him and that he couldn't ask for help from earthly people, he said, so I humble 
humbled myself in prayer and in fasting. So if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. So you realize that even fasting is a form of humbling yourself. You know, some of us are too filled with ourselves that God needs a, 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 a hunger to, to, to no, this natural hunger to, so that your flesh is really buffeted until your spirit says, yes, Lord, here I am, Hallelujah. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this things to say to you that as a man God has given you so much authority and when you realize that authority and responsibility you begin to know that you can't just live your life nagalal you just can't live in a howling. You must. That, that's why I think the Bible says uh, uh, you, you, uh, uh, you must walk circumspectantly. You must walk intentionally. Every moment of your life matters. By the way, this is why being led to uh, things is also not good, by yes. the way. Because you must live your life intentionally purposefully. Because every moment of your life matters not only for you. It matters for others. It matters for God. Oh yes. It matters for God that the way you live your life. Why? Because we have been given the authority and dominion to authorize heaven to operate in every sphere we are in. When men agree with God, great things happen. When men do not agree with God, they agree with a different kingdom. Do you understand? It is one of the reasons Jesus told us that when we pray, let us first of all begin by saying, Lord be your name, Lord. But now let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Remember me, I'm thinking to myself, why does God need me to tell him let him just come. He created the thing. He made it. Didn't he make it? Was I there when he was created? No. He is the one who said, let them be. And it was. So now, Lord, the earth was your formulation. So now, have your thing. Have your way. No, no, no. And God is saying, yes, but when I did that, I also said to you, now have dominion. And so, 
No Rachel. If I'm going to do something here on earth, I will need men and women who will say, yes, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. You must agree with God for your marriage. You must agree with God for your business. You must agree with God for your workplace. You must agree with God. This is establishing. This is establishing the Lord's altar wherever we are. And so you see that when God met Abraham, every time God met Abraham and talked with him, the next thing Abraham will do is to set up an altar to set up an altar. Isaac followed very well in the foot of his father. But Jacob, Jacob, when he met God, he instead put there a stone and not an altar. And what ended up is for 20 years he just went around in circles until the Lord visited him again and told him Jacob go back to the place Bethel where I first met you glory be to his name and set up an altar for me set up an altar for me in other words Jacob I want to do something but I need your authorization and this is how we do it I think there's a song Praise the Lord. This is how we... Eh? Which song is it? Is that a... It's not a good song. Those days when I used to take taxis. Praise the Lord. So, uh, God tells Jacob to establish an altar. So, and again, this is the point I'm trying to make. An altar gives authorization and continuity to a spiritual activity here on earth. And so when we see uh, uh, things going on in our context, we have to realize that we've got the authority, the power to change it, turn it around, or at least have divine intervention in the same. Do you agree? Hallelujah. Why? Because of Jesus and by Jesus. Give him glory. Therefore, if anything remains, uh, if you notice that there is something that is recurrent and repetitive and is remaining, it may be that such a thing is empowered by an altar. And so here is how you would know the presence of an altar in your life. Oh, and I 
one of your families or any one of your region, your, your countries, if you see something that uh, cons uh, happens consistently and it's a pattern recurrent it continues to happen the same way the same way the same way, the same way. then you know this thing is not just a thing it is empowered by an altar. Now, men set up altars today and you can set up an altar by repeating the same pattern over and over again. It's, uh, it's, that's how sin and strongholds are invited, by the way. That's how strongholds are invited in their life. You just repeat a certain sin over and over. And before you know it, it becomes a stronghold. And it becomes a thing the enemy claims. You understand? In the same way, we can establish godly altars by repeating certain patterns, consistent patterns in our lives. When you look at the life of Jesus, you realize that Jesus had habits, patterns, predictable patterns that everybody knew this thing he does. For example, one of the things he did often is go to the temple. Go to the synagogue. Go to the place of meeting. It was his habit. Everybody knew. In fact, in the last week of his life here, he had antagonized the religious leaders so terribly that every time now they would see him at the temple, they would mobilize a mob to stop on him. So, one of those days, and, and it was a week of festivities, so they were going to the temple consistently, and, and that day he did not. He, he, his brothers and sisters were like, Jesus, you want, you want to be famous? Why are you hiding? Why because, they, because they knew the temple was his thing. And, and so you repeat a matter. By the way, this is why we always say pray every day. Set up certain things you do together as a family consistently consistently they become patterns they become patterns they continue to recur and as you continue to do this thing it becomes an established pattern not only here on earth but even in the spiritual realm hallelujah you see uh, this is the thing that actually empowers 
uh, addictions. And it is the way you break addictions. You see, because you get addicted by doing the thing over and over and over again. And for you to break an addiction is you have to interrupt that pattern. You have to find ways to, to interrupt that pattern consistently, consistently. And, and as you interrupt it consistently, then the addiction loses its grip. You, you get it? So if you are caught like in a uh, in a, 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 the, the addiction to masturbation, for example, then get uh, get someone to be in your room almost all the, every time. Like sleep with, with in a room. With, interrupts the pattern. Things like that. Now, um, one uh, when we are establishing altars. Every altar must have a fire on it. There must be a fire and incense on the altar. So that is the third thing I wanted to communicate to you. Even though I've gone all the way to build certain things, to strengthen certain things in you. We say number one to establish an altar it's the word. Number two to establish an altar is brokenness and repentance. Then number three there must be a fire and incense on that altar. It is the fire under the sacrifice that produces a sweet smearing aroma on the altar. Now the fire on the altar and the incense on the altar denotes prayer. It denotes prayer and the maintenance of spiritual fervency. It denotes fire on the altar. Means that you are a man and a woman of consistent prayer. And a man and a woman of spiritual fervency. Paul spoke to the people in Romans. And one of the things he told them, he said, be fervent in spirit. Be be fervent. fervent. I don't even know a Luganda word can, that can say the word fervent. When there is this fire that is uh, just... Eh? Hey, there's a flickering... Eh? Flickering fire is the one that is... Eh? It's small. 
You know, like when, if you're lighting up a cigarette stove, some stoves are fervent, some stoves are just there. That's the word. You get it. But you can't cook food on a chamkad stove. Do you understand? And so even you, your altar must be fervent. Now, spiritual fervency actually comes from prayer. And in Luke, I think it's Luke 18. And Luke 18, I think. Let's see. Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always need, uh, always ought to pray. I find these words a bit repetitive. But it is the Bible way of highlighting something. When it says men always, always, ought. Always to pray and not lose heart. It means that you don't just pray one time and end. You continue. You continue. You pray today. You pray tomorrow. You pray again. So you pray in the night. You pray in the morning. Pray in the afternoon. You pray in the evening. You always pray. Outly. You pray. You continue. And Paul says, pray without ceasing. That, that always beats me. Because me sometimes I seize. But Paul says, don't seize. Continue. Continue. But when you understand that prayer is beyond just talking, talking, talking. And that prayer is communion with God. Then you realize you can live in a place of constant communion with God. But that place of prayer produces a ferventness, a lightness in your heart, a spiritual sensitivity so that you are more aware of spirituality than carnality. You see, one of the most dangerous places to live at as a believing Christian is to be carnal. Most carnal people are carnal because they are not prayer people. You understand? They have an altar, but the altar has no fire. And Jesus said, men always ought to pray and not lose gas. Me, I say gas. You said heart. 
You understand? Because uh, losing heart means you lost. The, like uh, you, you prayed and just you, there's a, you know there are times you want to pray. Like in your head you want to pray. But, but, you just don't want. <laughs> You know you should. But you don't want. You know you wake up, you even set the alarm. And you say, at five I'm waking up to pray. At five the alarm. And you do like this. And part of you says, stand up and pray. And a big part of you says, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you even quote, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. <laughs> and you pull the blanket and there is still a thing in you that says, wake up. No. You lost that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the last day, the day before, you, even, you are the one who woke up the alarm. You were you were sending Felix text. Where's the link? Where's the link? Where's the link? Where's the link? Now this other day. The spirit is willing. Just know whenever you quote that text. Just know they are the dudes that ran away from. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and so, uh, but Jesus says, don't. Because the tendency to lose heart is there. And if you lose the spiritual fervor, your spirit man will become weakened and your flesh will become strong. And by the way, this, let me say even this here. Fasting without praying is dangerous. I'll say that to you. Fasting without praying is dangerous. Because, uh, uh, did you know that we are not the only ones who fast? Did you know that which doctors fast? To connect with their realm. Did you know that Muslims fast? To connect with their realm. Did you know that Buddhists fast? To connect with their realm. Several religions fast. Several other spiritual People that are not godly spiritual. They fast. Because fasting opens you up to, a, to the spiritual realm. In fact, one of the things that you, uh, you, you, you may need to be aware of when you fast is anger. Not hunger, anger. It comes. 
Like you are, you like uh, something touches you a little bit. But, but, and you're, yeah, then you have to remember you are doing what? I am telling you disagreements. Like you are, all of a sudden you are like, where did this come from? And after, after the event, you go back and you're like, where did that even come from? Because uh, fasting taps into so much in the spirit for you. But prayer, prayer will help you connect you to the right spirit. To the right spirit. Are we together? Hello? Are we there? Why do I hear more amens from Iganga than from here? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So in Leviticus chapter 6 from verses 8 to 13. Leviticus chapter 6 verses 6 no chapter 6 verses 8 to 13. This was God's instructions concerning the altars for Israel. He says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying this, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the earth upon the altar all night until morning. And the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen trousers he shall put on his body and take up ashes of the burnt offering which the fire has consumed on the altar and it shall be put the, and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall not go out. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall not go out. 
Hallelujah. Amina. Hallelujah. Amina. So he is saying that when you get an altar, when you make an altar, the fire on that altar shall always be burning and it shall not go out. Now remember I have told you before that today you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the Bethel of God. And therefore the altar is on your heart. It is inside. And when he says the fire on the altar shall not go out he is saying that there must be something in you that continues burning that continues to be fervent your spirit must be fervent your heart must be burning for the Lord the fire on this altar shall not go out. How does that fire keep burning? You keep in prayer. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. You develop a habit of prayer. Listen, Jesus was a man of prayer. Wasn't he? He was a man of prayer. Now, I always look at that thing. And I'm amazed. Because Jesus came from heaven. And Jesus, even in his manness, he is still God. Fully man, fully God. But this fully man, fully God man knew that if you were to live as a man, men always ought to pray. Men always old to pray. And so you realize that as a believer, one of your most important tasks, most important responsibilities is to pray. To pray. To continue in prayer. To be a man of prayer. To be a woman of prayer. To hide away and pray. To be in public and pray. To be privately praying. To pray out when everybody is hearing. To pray out when nobody is hearing. You know what you are doing. You are setting. You know there is already an altar. We are now establishing it. And this altar. A fire must always be on the altar. A fire must always 
always be on the altar. And the fire to continue on the altar. Prayer cannot cease. Prayer cannot stop. We must be praying. We must continue praying. We must be praying. We must be praying when we feel like it. We must pray when we don't feel like it. We must be praying when everybody is praying with us. We must be praying when nobody is praying with us. We must be praying when we actually think we have an issue to pray for. We must be praying when we feel we have no issue to pray for. We must pray when things are going well. There are people who when things are going well, they will be in church. They will be serving. They will be praising. They will be happy. They will be testifying. They will be saying God is good. Look what he has done. Everything is going well. They are praying. But when things start going bad, now God, where are you? The Lord gave up on me. And they give up their place of prayer. Their place of fervency. Men always ought to pray. And don't give up. That is what it is. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And then there are other people who when things are not going well, they just run away. They just stop. Or, or they pray when things are not going well. Like when things are not going well, they are there, God. You are my help. You are my hope. I am here. Anything you want, everything you want, I am yours, Lord. And then the job comes. You know, Pastor, we work. We work from 7 to 7. And then by the time you get home, oh, you're so exhausted. It's like, no, no, no. It's the time to pray. It's, uh, and you know one of the ways that devil will prevent you from praying, he will make you busy very busy and I realized the times when I am the most busy are actually the times I need more strength that is not natural strength but supernatural strength and so what do I do the times when I am the busiest. Are the times when I pray more. Because I realize that that is actually when I need to God to refresh my spirit. I need God to refresh my spirit. To refresh me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and by the way, I want you to try that thing out. The times when you are very, very tired. When you are very, very busy. To 
to get times of prayer, you will notice God will give you supernatural speed that is amazing. He will give you even supernatural speed, you'll be amazed. You know, yesterday we spent the whole time working with uh, with with my friends here. So I came back home and I, I think I got home around a few uh, a few minutes to, to 1 a.m. I was about to go to bed and I realized I have so much to do today. So much to do. And I decided, let me sit in my sitting room and just pray. So I sat and began praying. Ten minutes into the prayer, sleep came. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, of course, I knew where it was coming from. I fought it. I said, me and sleep, one of us is going to win. And I won. Praise the Lord. Uh, um, and, 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 I, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed until, until a bit late. Because today I had a lot of work to do. And you know, I came to office around 9.30 today with a whole lot of things to do. And I started working and working. Meetings, working. You know, by the time it got to three, I was like, all things are done. They are all done for today. I was like, wow, this is amazing. How did I even go through all of that? But I, I'm thinking that it's that. That empowerment that only comes by, by just the spirit of God. You understand what I'm saying? Every altar must have a fire to it. That is how Elijah won the prophets of Baal. He said, let's, they all made altars. They all made altars. Every altar had its sacrifice. They all had wood. They had everything that makes an altar an altar. Except one thing. Except one thing. Fire. 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 You see, I told you the rest of the world establishes their altars and it is men that do it. And you are a man. Okay, a human being. It's human beings. Okay? Because you are a human being, you too will establish, can establish your own altar. So Elijah told them, I mean, yes, you, you, let's, we are all calling on our gods. And the God that answers by fire, he will be God. You, you, you understand, you remember? And so it is the different 
difference between these two altars? Was the fire? It was the fire? It was the fire. Now you, you, are you going to go to the shrines? Are you going to go consulting? No. But you know what? You have something better than those that are out there. He said, greater is he that is in me than the one that is in the world. And so you just set up that fire. Hallelujah. You just set up the fire. And uh, the writer of Hebrews lets us know that Elijah was a man just like us. In fact, of, of, of weaknesses just like us. Is it, is it the writer of Hebrews or James? James, it's James. Yeah, he says he was like us. But he prayed. He prayed. And we got a test of Elijah's prayer. You know, Elijah had locked the rain so hard that even he himself unlocking it. He tried several passwords. You know, like, have you ever hidden something and then you, and then you, <laughs> and then you forgot and, and you kept it so well, you're trying to find it, you can't. That's what Elijah had done. Three and a half years, no rain. To bring back the rain. But the Bible says the man knelt down and put his head between his thighs and prayed. Try that posture of praying. I remember when we were in Gaba, there was this woman. She would kneel down in the compound and she would pray for the whole night. But when you came back in the morning to see where she was praying from, all the grass was gone. She would be like, That woman was a worship leader. When she would stand up on stage to lead worship, it's like the presence of God would just come down. Just come down. Because she was just a woman of prayer. Like, like all of us knew that uh, her name was Martha. If Martha started to pray, you pack up your bags and go because you don't know when she will stop. But you can come back and find the evidence of Martha. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. And so Elijah had to pray. And pray 
And he told his servant, go and check. There was no rain. We pray again. Go and check. There's no rain. Go ahead. And go and pray. I'm praying, go and check. Hallelujah. Amen. You know how many times? How many times? He had locked the thing so well. Seven times. But there was a seventh time. There was a seventh time. And the servant came back and said, Master, something is starting to happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a a cloud just like the hand. And when he just told him, go and tell the king to prepare chariot and go before the rain stops. It's going to rain like crazy. And so, friends, friends, don't fast and don't pray. We are setting up altars. Let me tell you, I don't joke with people of prayer. Even people who pray badly, you just pray. Even those who don't do say they don't know how to pray. You just pray. Uh, Pastor Tom has a thing that was very funny. He said, this girl just kept saying A, B, C, D, E. You just pray. You, you just pray because first of all, prayer is first of all a heart disposition towards God. And God has his ways. You see, because we, when in setting up the altar, it is, it is a man agreeing with God. It is you saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. So I may not have the right words, but I want your kingdom here. I may not know what exactly to say, but I want your kingdom here. I want your kingdom here. And so I am agreeing with you. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. And so I, you just pray. You know, I've seen people who we were in the prayer rooms together and you hear them praying. And you're like, but God help this one. Because they don't know what how to pray. But you know, after some years, you look back at that person and you're like, ah, they have been helped by God. It has been God. You know, we had this young lady in Gaba. She was just like, so, you know, there are some people, you, you just look the, at them and you despise them in your own eyes. It's bad. But she was that kind that you would even wonder, will a man ever marry this girl? In fact, we, we would have our conversations there behind. I'll be like, oh, no. This one. But that girl would be praying. And even when she would be praying, would be like, 
There is praying, but this one. In fact, some, some people took it upon themselves to sit her down and say, uh-uh, you are too much, just stop this thing. And she was smelling. Yes. In English, they say, okay. <laughs> like, in Lugano, they say the opposite of what I said, but it means the same. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, but you know, a man came and married this girl. And she became a pastor's wife. Yes, a pastor's wife. So, I am saying to you, pray. 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 If you don't know what to pray for, you do like me. You know, when I was learning how to pray, I always wanted to pray for an hour. But I could never break the 15 minutes. I could, I, I, I would make a list of things to pray for. I would say, I have made a list of 80 things to pray for. Yes, I would sit and write them down. 80. And I would say, seriously, I can pray for each one of them for at least a minute. And that way, I will pray for more than an hour. That was my goal. I don't even know where I got in my head that I should pray for more than an hour. But I just felt it should be at least an hour. And I would go through my list. And I would pray. And I would pray. After 80 things of prayer, I would say, Surely I have prayed for an hour. And before I would pray, I would set my alarm. We had those watches we used to call disco. Remember them, eh? Yes, they had the two things here. You just press and you set your time. So I would set it. And I would pray. And I would pray. Eight things down. Say, thank you, Lord. I check the clock. Twelve and a half minutes. <laughs> yes, for eight things. I don't even know the speed I would use in prayer. It would look so long. But time, time was against me. You know what I would do? I'll say, Lord, I came for twelve. I came for an hour. So we are still here. So now this is the only thing I'm going to pray for. Lord, teach me how to pray. 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 Disco move. <laughs> Disco move. <laughs> 
Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray. And then I would remember, I didn't pray for my sponsor. Father, now I'm praying for the sponsor. And I would finish two minutes. Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray. And I would go like that until one day. One day. One day. So, ladies and gentlemen, the altar must have fire to it. And, and by the way, my heart goes so much to young people who are here. Because you guys have a treasure a treasure called time. Some of you are right now in holidays. And, and, you, and you wake up, you wash plates, you, you, you watch all the soaps. I am saying to you guys, young men, young ladies, this is the time for you to pray. To set up altars that have fire on them. Hallelujah. You know, and the good thing is our church is open. We, you come and pray. You come and pray. Just be here and pray. Let there be fire on that altar. Turn your room into a place of encounter with God. A meeting place with God. Let your bed be a place where you talk to God with. Do you understand? Uh, like, just be a person of prayer. And the Lord will exalt his name in your life. Father, we want to thank you because you are turning us into men and women seasoned in prayer. Let the fire on these altars never go out in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.